Blog Talk Radio. Let's spell the world. Make it look better than this one. Light the old one up. Watch it burn from a distance. The yellow flame light. I can see in your eyes. Cause this new world will be. It will be. Our biggest prize Look up at the stars Watch them shine brighter than ever Lie down on our backs And let us see if we could measure the space Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Dose of Dr. Gwen on this Friday, May 14th at noon. Today is a rainy, drizzly day in Boston, which is getting old, I have to tell you, because we had this really warm April, and now we have this really drizzly, drizzly, gross May. So, oh, Dr. Anonymous is in the chat room. Hello, Dr. Anonymous. So I'm talking to you all today about my unplugged experiment. And I have to tell you that for the last two plus weeks, I have done something I have never done before since I discovered the world of computers and have attempted to go offline as much as I can. Now, for somebody whose world is online, I mean, I blog, I run a website, I'm doing this podcast, I am glued to my iPhone, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter. In fact, I'm going to send a quick Twitter note talking about online and just letting people know that the show's starting. And um, to come join us. And the thing is, I discovered two things. The first is that it is really hard. If you have never, ever tried to unplug yourself, let me tell you, those first couple days stink. It's sort of like giving up coffee and getting those jitters. You think it's easy, but it isn't. And try to get your kids offline. Try to get them to just take their fingers away from their texting keys. They will look at you with daggers coming out of their eyes. So we embarked upon this journey as a family during April vacation week, as we always do, because that screen turnoff week. And I actually think it's some person who either ended up having too many kids or couldn't have kids or some god who wanted to be mean to the parents of the world who picked April vacation as screen turnoff week because that is the worst week in the world to try to go screenless. You're on vacation with your kids. You're all hyper-stimulated, and the one thing that I always find can calm my family down is a good movie or a TV show, and we attempted to not do it. Luckily for us, and unluckily, we were in New York City. Now, I say luckily because there's a lot to do in New York City. You can go see a show. You can go shopping. You can dine out at all these amazing restaurants, and that is a wonderful thing to do. But you're in the middle of Times Square where there are all these screens. There are TV shows going on and ads, and you're inundated with technology. So I will admit that we didn't quite accomplish our goal during April vacation week. We couldn't go screen-free. It was just all invasive. But we were able to not watch TV in our hotel room, and we were able to go screenless from that point of view. We didn't use our cell phones. There was not a computer to be had that week. So from that point of view, 
I think it was an amazing victory for us. And we proved that you could do it. And that was something that was very cool. If we had to check in with home because we didn't take our entire family with us, we actually used the phone. We didn't text. So that was a victory as well. So that was something that was quite um, eye-opening for us. For the second week, I did something interesting. Instead of coming home and doing my normal, getting online and blogging and checking a billion messages, I kept my away message on. I acted to the world like I was still on vacation. I didn't blog other than one blog I had pre-scheduled, which is something I'll talk about in a second. And I planned um, a speaking gig for that week and chose to not take my laptop with me. So off I go to this speaking gig, and my husband was with me, and we chose to not take any technology with us. When we had to check in with our kids, again, we used the phone, not texting, and we just went off on our merry way. You know, you really can do it. If you plan a vacation, if you think about it, why do you really need your laptop? Why do you really need to be hyper-connected with the world when you're heading off to a place like Las Vegas, which is where we were going? And we saw all these people in the waiting room for the airplane and on the airplane with their laptops. And I kept thinking, what in the world are you going to be doing with your laptop in Las Vegas? I mean, I was going for a speaking gig, and I didn't even have my laptop with me. My talk was already fast-forwarded to the group that I was speaking with. I had a tiny little thumb drive with me with a backup of my talk in case it was needed. And the rest of the time, I was just there on vacation doing Las Vegasy things. I didn't need a laptop with me. I had my cell phone with me for emergencies in case the family needed to reach me. And even then, because of the time change, we kept the thing locked away in the hotel room. So lessons learned from my two weeks of unplugged living. The first was this. It's hard to do initially. We're all entrenched with it. I have to say that for the first part of the first week and a little bit of the second week, I did wonder if I was missing something, if I was going to miss that email, if I was going to miss something on Twitter or Facebook, if maybe my um, lack of blogging was going to affect my status online somehow. And I, let me tell you what I discovered. The first was I did end up coming home to a boatload of emails, I think, you know, over 500 that I had to clear up, if not more. And of those, 10% were important. And of those, not a single one was urgent because really very little for any of us in the business world is something that we have to address right then and there. And if, if even if the person thinks, oh, my God, we needed to reach you then, you know what? they can actually wait. There's not, nothing really that's that urgent that can't wait till you get back on vacation. As human beings, we need vacation. Vacation is how we refuel. Time away from technology is how we refuel. We start thinking more clearly, and I'll come back to that in one second too. So that's what I discovered about email. Most of it was junk. And most of it was junk from people that I didn't even know. And from the people that I knew, it's amazing how much stuff people send you that you really don't need to know about. I have a slew of people in my inner circle that love to send me the, these little updates of things that they're doing. And not that I don't love knowing about what my inner circle is up to, but some of these updates come very frequently, and I just can't keep up. And I'm wondering if we need a better way of, of updating all of us. That's what I kind of love about the Facebook wall. People can update interesting links and things about themselves, and you can ignore it or you're not. But in your inbox, 
do we all have to really send out our latest articles and pictures? Do we all really have to send out our latest press releases? I'm not so sure. There is a fine line between updating and bragging. And sometimes I wonder if people don't always know the difference. So I do have to say that I discovered that there are certain people that do send out too much stuff. So that's that kind of junk. Then, of course, there's the junk that we all get that's true junk from just people you don't know, and that's always annoying. And then there's just the random updates from organizations that we all sort of collect along our way, and that's just junk too. And most newsletters that we all send out and receive, I'm not sure are time-valued. I send them out too. I'm guilty as charged. We all think that we need to send these things out, and in the end, I don't know if they accomplish what we want. So I think we're all guilty of sending too much and having too much come into our inbox. So that's my email discovery. Twitter, I have found Twitter very noisy lately. I find that you get very little out of it in return for the time you spend into it. And the thing that's very interesting about Twitter is we all try to get as many followers as we can and follow people back that we think will have some sort of value to us. What I do find interesting about Twitter is we've all had some moments where we thought it was going to have value for us, and I'm not sure that we can say that it does. I think there's been some concern about how we're all going to use Twitter. And I think for me, I find um, every once in a while, you know, we all sort of break up our Twitter followers into different groups. And I definitely have my group of friends and followers that I follow pretty religiously. And even then, you know, I think Twitter's gotten so big with so many people on it, it's hard to just keep following what you want to follow, even if you break it up in smaller amounts. I didn't find I missed much. Even when I went to some people who I find interesting and always have something pithy to say, you don't miss much. You really don't. So it's okay to not follow Twitter religiously. Facebook, same thing. You can go onto Facebook and, um, you know, it's like a soap opera. You can catch up on it very quickly. So the take-home message is we don't miss much on any of these things. And the people that want to follow you and keep in touch with you, it's like anything that you do in your life. You can go away, and as important as your life is and other people's lives are, they'll miss you but not miss you that much. You can miss them, but you're not going to miss them that much, and you can reconnect and pick up from where you left off just fine. Now, the value of a vacation, I think, is often understated. People seem to think that they're so valuable that they can't go away or they can't unplug or that they have to always be available to people. Well, here is the problem with that. If you truly unplug and you truly let yourself relax, you feel so refreshed, I think when you come back, you feel much more productive. What I have found by being unplugged more, and I'm, I'll tell you in a little bit how I've discovered that I can do this, is you see everything with a fresher set of eyes, a fresher spirit, and more energy. So you get things done more efficiently. You know how you have those days where you feel like you just need to down a pot of coffee and you're spinning your wheels, glued more to email, or um, always distracted by the phone ringing, and you just can't focus on the task at hand so nothing gets done? I think we're always in a constant state of hyper alert, inattention and distraction largely because of technology. And the result of that is it makes us grumpy people. So we're quick to judge people, we're hypercritical of each other, and we're also hypercritical of ourselves when we don't get that much done. If we unplug more, let ourselves decompress, get back in touch with sort of what's really important in our lives, then I think we're more genuine, 
we get things done more productively, and I think we're nicer people. It's kind of like if you have too much coffee and you're too jittery, you're not going to be very pleasant to be around. Or if you don't have enough sleep, you're going to be a lot harder to be around. Well, being on technology too much puts you in that same state. You're just not yourself, and you don't know that until you get offline more. So what I've started to do is this. On weekends, I am totally unplugged. From the time Friday comes until Sunday, I am totally unplugged. I will read a book, a real book. I keep my computer off, and I don't check email. And I just have found that this frees my mind. I feel more centered. I'm more relaxed. I don't think about things like bills and all the to-do lists or even my next book to write or my new book that's about to come out. I don't think about everybody waiting for me to weigh in on the latest cyber crisis of the world. All of those things can wait till Monday. I've started compartmentalizing my life a lot more because you need that shut off. The thing about technology is it's always there 24-7, and especially for those of us that are in technological careers, which I'd argue a lot of us are in now because so much of our life has a technological career, you have to start shutting things off. So do that. Shut everything off at Friday and turn it back on Monday morning. Don't check your email. Leave your cell phone at home and really engage with your family. So start to think about doing that. During the week, I do the same thing. I don't turn my computer on as quickly as I used to in the morning. I let myself get up, have breakfast, spend some time with my kids in the morning before they go to school. I take time now to go to the gym. And I don't worry if I don't get anything, everything done as much because I realize it's okay. And when you have email on, feel free to shut it off. You don't have to check it more than a couple times a day. I think when we have this constant influx of information, it can be really hard sometimes to know when to shut that off. You know, it's funny. Um, a few weeks ago when I talked about my adventure into going into this unplugged world, I wasn't sure how it was going to go. And I knew I was about to embark upon in an unplugged week or maybe two. And I tossed out some resources um, to you. One was the Technology Sabbath, and another was UnpluggedYourFriends.com. Now, UnpluggedYourFriends.com is a cool little site where you can send your friends a little note that says, yo, dude, you got to get um, unplugged. Now, the um, Unplugged, the Technology Sabbath is a really cool one. Let me uh, get the website up here, and I'll read it to you. I love this one because it basically reminds you of all of those things that you have to do to get offline. It, and it's a user-friendly list. I think it's one of the healthiest things. You can even buy a little sleeping bag <coughs> excuse me, for your um, cell phone if you really, really want to. And that's one of the things I love about it. It's a cute little device. You can just sort of plop your... Um, your cell phone into it and then just let yourself um, kind of go with it. So I'm trying to find it online for you. And it's things like, you know, unplug, um, you know, shut everything off, have a glass of wine. Um, they had a national day of unplugging. The, uh, the, um, the Technology Sabbath group actually promotes having a day every week where you can um, where you can actually be unplugged, and I think that's the um, the great part about it, where you can really just kind of decompress and try to get in touch with 
what you want to do with your life. And it's, it's, not, it's nothing um, earth-shattering. It's things like spend time with your friends, you know, have a good meal, um, do things um, offline. And it's, um, it's so easy to do. So, you know, if, what I would suggest you do is come up with a list of sort of your top ten things that you want to do offline and unplug. So um, take back your unplugged life, I think, is the bottom line, and try to figure out how you can gain something. Um, they call it their Sabbath manifesto, and they've got ten principles with it. And, again, they're not earth-shattering, but they're all things that we sometimes forget that we can do. The number one thing is, of course, avoid technology. And the number two is connect with loved ones. If you just do those two things, then I think you've gone a long way in connecting more with your unplugged life. Number three is nurture your health. Number four is get outside. Five is avoid commerce. Six is light candles. Seven, drink wine. Eight, eat bread. Nine, find silence. And ten, give back. Now, what I love about these is, again, they're all simple. You can do them all in a day. You can do them over time. I think uh, whether you do it in one day or every week, they all just kind of talk about to me, getting in touch with that, all that stuff you can't do because you're online. And if you think about it, when you're online, you're not enjoying a meal. When you're online, um, you're usually consumed with shopping and the uh, sort of the tangible aspects of life too much. When you're online, you're involved with noise. When you're online, you're indoors. So the whole idea of these simple these simple principles is to do the opposite of what you're not doing when you're online. So when you unplug, you should go do things that you can't do when you are plugged in. So go take a walk outside. That's something that you can't do when you're plugged in. And when you're plugged in, don't be plugged into your earphones. Just go, go for a walk in nature and listen to the sounds. What I love to do is take my digital camera and just go and explore and be with my family. When you're outside, um, go find a restaurant that isn't too noisy with tons of music or TV screens with sports everywhere and just really enjoy the conversation of the people you're with. That's something that all have to um, spend more time doing. And um, when you're um, online, you can't really enjoy the food you're eating. Have you ever noticed how what, a lot of people when they go to restaurants, even if they're with their family and friends, they're busy texting and typing away? We had an experience once in my family shortly after the new year where I can't remember where we were. We were all out and about. We sat down in a restaurant and even without thinking, all of us pulled out our cell phones and we started doing things. My kids started texting a friend. I started checking my email, my husband started doing something, we all looked at each other and just started laughing and we realized we'd become one of those uber plugged in families that just was way too over connected. That was the last time we did that. Now we have a total unplugged meal thing all the time and in fact studies show that families that eat together unplugged are healthier. They're more bonded together, the kids do better in school, the kids stay out of trouble more. I've talked about that a lot on past podcasts, so you really just want to kind of stay offline. It's funny, last week on the Moms Rock podcast, Jen Singer and I talked about this issue of technology driving some of the mom culture. 
in some of the negative aspects of the parenting and mom culture, particularly the mom culture that we wanted to um, explore. And I think some of it is when you're overplugged in and when you're always on edge, you're not at peace and you're not able to really kind of connect with everybody on a more personal level. And there is probably, when you think about it, one of the biggest biggest slices of society that is plugged in today is the mom culture. And if the mom culture got a little bit more offline and um, a little bit more connected together in a real sense, I'm wondering if we could get back to that sort of true mom-to-mom connection that we used to have that maybe is a little bit less critical of each other than what we are today because what's driven some of this negativity in the parenting world is being online too much. And I think what's driven some of the hyper-parenting that we have in today's culture is really the being online so much. And I think um, I think that's something that we have to really keep in mind as we go forward in life. Now, I d- didn't intend today's podcast to be a super long one because I don't want to be online too much today, and I don't want you to be online too much today. So I'm going to keep this um, really short and sweet because I think the goal of today was just to try to fill you in on what I learned when I was offline and to try to just throw in a few more pearls. So here's what I suggest. Try going offline, and when you do, just do it. If you're going on vacation soon or planning some of your summer vacations, make sure you plan it unplugged and just just go unplugged. No laptops, no texting. Talk to your family and create some rules. Try to find a way each and every day to be unplugged for some amount of time, whether it's an hour in the morning or in the evening. Learn how to get in touch with that unplugged side of you. And whatever you do on the weekends, make your weekends unplugged. There's no reason we should all be plugged in more. For our kids, this is essential. Many of us as grown-ups grew up with some part of our lives, especially the 30-somethings, 40-somethings, and 50-somethings. We remember life unplugged. We remember the pre-cell phone days and the pre-laptop days and just having TV and radio and not having it be very good for that matter. So for us, we know. We know what it's like to have to just go outside and play outside and ride our bikes everywhere and have to just play with our friends and play board games and card games and and be really cool with that. For our kids, though, that's much harder for them. This is the generation born with a mouse in their hands, and they're always connected all the time. That's not necessarily bad, and I've, I've done shows on that, and you all know that I'm okay with that as long as we teach them parameters and that they understand that being offline is good, too and that they have healthy offline lives. I think what our kids need to understand, though, is that to be healthy, they have to sometimes shut off the technology and learn that it's okay to be bored sometimes and that it's okay to not have that connection with people. Our kids tend to get anxious if they don't have that all-connected-all-the-time feeling, and it's up to us to teach them how to do it. If they learn how to do it, they will feel more grounded and secure as they get older and have the skills to pass on to the next generation, our grandchildren, what true unplugged living is about. And then that will continue to get preserved as life goes on. And really the burden's on us. We can preserve some of it. It won't be like what we had. It won't be Norman Rockwell living. But, you know, honestly, do we want it to be? I mean, life progresses forward. We would never want 
to freeze life in time, you know, any moment in time or any generation in time like that. I was talking to a colleague earlier, and we were joking about, you know, Norman Rockwell on Twitter. That's kind of what we're getting at. You know, we're trying to get at a way of preserving some old-fashioned values while moving forward. So I'm going to leave you with the concept of Norman Rockwell goes on Twitter. And if we can find a way of preserving that in our families, I think we found a way to move forward. And the way to do it is to capture a little bit of Norman Rockwell in your lives every single week, to find those old-fashioned values, to get offline, and to realize it's okay. You're not going to miss a thing, I promise you. Now, it's 1224 Eastern Time in the Boston area, and I'm planning on wrapping up this podcast in a few minutes and then not really being online the rest of the day. I'm going to just go about what I have to do and start my weekend, and I hope all of you can start your unplugged weekends too, and then we can all reconvene next week online. I think I mentioned last week that the rest of the month is really hectic with scheduling. I am going to be doing weekly podcasts. I'm just not sure they're going to be on Fridays. So I will um, announce when those will be probably on Monday once I look at the calendar and figure out exactly um, when they will be. I do know next week's podcast won't be on Friday. So um, stay tuned about when next week's podcast will be. And I hope all of you have a really wonderful and unplugged weekend. And I will end the show with Joe Coolidge's story of my life.